I am unwilling to give up, that I will start over from scratch as many times as it takes to get where I want to be. I want to be. You just want to make sure you will get knocked down, but just make sure you don't get knocked out, knocked out. So your only choice should be go focus on what you can control, control, control. Hi, everyone, and welcome to the Kara Golden Show. Join me each week for inspiring conversations with some of the world's greatest leaders, We'll talk with founders, entrepreneurs, CEOs, and really some of the most interesting people of our time. Can't wait to get started. Let's go. Let's go. Hi, everyone. It's Kara Golden, and we are here on The Kara Golden Show, and I am so excited to have my next guest. We have Jalei Bisharat who is the co-founder and CEO of Naked Poppy. And you are going to be so excited to hear this episode. Naked Poppy is doing a lot of really, really cool things. In addition to having an incredible line of cosmetics under the Naked Poppy umbrella, but Jella is the co-founder and CEO. She came from not an entrepreneurial uh, experience per se. She was the CMO at Amazon prior to this and had a lot of incredible experience that I'll let her share a lot more about. But basically, she wanted to create after a health scare. She decided that she really wanted to, number one, go out and become an entrepreneur uh, God bless her, right? That she decided to go and, and do this and, and enter this crazy world of, of founder land, but also create amazing products and tools that allow consumers to find cruelty-free, low in, in environmental impact, and ethically made, and free of harmful chemical products. And so she did. So Naked Poppy was born. Like I said, she is the co-founder and CEO, and we're going to hear a lot more about it today. So welcome. How are you? I'm great. I'm excited to be here, Kara. Thank you for having me. I just want to introduce one little tweak yeah, to totally. your back- background. I was actually at Amazon in the early days, so I don't want to represent that I was there super recently in the very early days. And since then, I became CMO of some other brands you've probably heard of, Open Table, Eventbrite, and Upwork. Amazing. Of relevance to the entrepreneurship with all of them, uh, with the exception of Eventbrite, it was sort of larger when I got there. I got there relatively early, Open Table in particular, super early. So I do love the early stages of company building. Although you're right, this is my first truly entrepreneurial endeavor here at Naked Poppy. I love it. It's you and I were talking before we hit record and very similar in many ways to my journey where. I felt like I never thought I was going to be an entrepreneur. I was quite happy supporting other entrepreneurs and helping make their brands big. But I think actually working for entrepreneurs and seeing um, that it was a lot of hard work, trial and error, creativity, um, you know, building the puzzle as, as you were going along, um, and that was really exciting. And I thought, gosh, I need to go and solve this problem that I see in front of me that I think I've got an idea for, which uh, is clearly what you've done with Naked Poppy. So can you share a little bit more about how this idea came about? 100%. And I couldn't agree with you more. Kara, I do think we had kind of similar. I, people used to say, gee, you've been 
an executive for a long time. Don't you want to start a company? Don't you want to be a CEO? And my response was always, I really don't have a need. Mm-hmm. I'm not that person that was born thinking, oh, I have to be an entrepreneur. If anything, it's the weight of the world on your shoulders. I mean, the saying it's yeah. lonely at the top, you know, doesn't come from nowhere. And so um, I was I was never that person that said, oh, I'm planning my career in order to end up as an entrepreneur or a CEO. It actually had to do with the idea itself. I mean, I was very, very happy letting other, you know, when other people had great ideas, helping to build out those ideas and those brands. Um, but what actually happened was this. In 07, so, uh, and this was, you know, 10 years before Naked Poppy really came to life. I stepped in the shower one day and this was four months after a clear mammogram, mind you. So, you know, let me be your warning that um, you should always see yourself check. I step in the shower, you know, I feel that lump, you know, you have that sinking feeling. I go to get it checked out right away thinking, oh, this is probably just nothing, but, you know, and sure enough, the news was bad. And I had this real why me moment, actually. Um, it wasn't this grand awakening. It was like, why me? Because I thought I had been really good <laughs> about sleep and exercise and, and you know, f- eating from scratch, cooking from scratch and so on. But it did send me into a deep dive into environmental toxins, which I hadn't really thought about mm-hmm. before. What you put on your skin, can that you know affect your health and so on? And it turns out some ingredients are better than others. And actually, I got very interested in clean beauty. That is beauty that's formulated to be better for your health, better for the environment, long before it became a trend. Um, and it doesn't mean that if you use traditional beauty products that you're going to get a sick like me. I hope not. (laughs) Um, But just like eating organic food over a lifetime sets you up to have a healthier outcome, using cleaner products is also better for you. And so by about 2017, when I noticed formulations of beauty products were getting better and better, I had this moment of like, and this was before clean beauty had become well-known, of, you know, there's just no reason people should be using products that are less good for them if they can be using products that are more good for them. So I actually went to my local farmer's market, set up a little table, did a whole bunch of like very, um, very much on the ground market research (laughs) and discovered that uh, the formulations had indeed gotten well enough, good enough to compete uh, in blind tests and that people were really interested once they understood the concept. So it was this, I had an idea and couldn't let go of it mm-hmm. more than it was, I need to be an entrepreneur. By then I was in my 50s, Kara. I know, and which is amazing. I love the fact that you just decided, if not now, when, uh, I'm going to go and do this. How often have you thought about learning a new language only to be stopped by that memory of yours from the last time you tried to learn a language when it didn't go so well? Okay, maybe it wasn't a language that you were interested in learning, or perhaps all those poorly written textbooks in your sixth grade class weren't that well written after all. I have a great tip for you. It's called Rosetta Stone. Rosetta Stone is the most trusted language learning program around available on desktop or app, no matter where you choose to learn it or what platform you choose to learn on, Rosetta Stone works and it truly immerses you in the language you choose to learn. 
quicker and easier than you ever imagined too. Maybe you're getting ready to travel abroad this summer and you want to learn a bit of Portuguese, let's say, before your trip. Rosetta Stone can help. I know this firsthand as I did just this before traveling to Portugal last year. I learned Portuguese through Rosetta Stone, and by doing so, I not only got a better grasp of the spoken language of Portugal, but it got me very excited for the trip itself before I went. They even have a true accent feature that gives you feedback on your pronunciation as you are learning, too. They've got you covered. Rosetta Stone's trusted experts are the real deal. They've been helping people just like you for over 30 years helping millions of people to learn Spanish, French, Italian, German, Korean, Chinese, Japanese, Dutch, Arabic, Polish, and my favorite, Portuguese. The lessons are five to 10 minutes long and include practical exercises so that you can pick up the language naturally, first with words, then phrases, then sentences. No English translations either, so you really learn to speak, listen, and think in the language you are focused on, helping you get the long, term retention you are looking for. And who wouldn't want that? Don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, the Kara Golden Show listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com slash today. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com slash today, today. In today's world, which I will admit can at times seem filled with too much of the wrong information, it's essential to find a good source that truly gets to the heart of what I want to know. I am super excited about our next sponsor as I've been a big fan of their content for some time now. That sponsor is The Washington Post. Their depth on topics from business to tech isn't just impressive, it's essential reading for me. Whether I'm catching up on the latest tech trends or understanding how the day's news truly impacts my family, the Washington Post is my trusted source. Let's talk specifics. Their business and tech coverage, absolutely top-notch. Just imagine having the most insightful articles at your fingertips, including the unparalleled AI reporting from Drew Harwell, or the pulse on tech and online culture from Taylor Lorenz. And the best part? You can listen to articles just like you listen to this podcast, making it perfect for your busy lifestyle. I was just reading an article from one of my favorite Washington Post writers, Frances Stead Sellers. She covers entrepreneurs like myself, but also covers other interesting topics, including health, as well as some very interesting books. I also love getting their For You newsletter, which is their roundup of stories tailored just for my interests, right in my inbox every evening. The Washington Post app is super well done, I think. It makes it incredibly easy to stay up to date and follow my favorite journalists on the go. And if you ever thought that The Washington Post is just about politics, think again. They cover everything under the sun, from climate and culture to crosswords and cooking, providing a world of surprising stories and vital insights. Okay, enough of the love fest that I have for the Washington Post. Here's the deal. Being a listener of the Kara Golden Show has its benefits, and this one is too good to miss. 
Now is the time to sign up for the Washington Post. Go to WashingtonPost.com slash Kara Golden to subscribe for just 50 cents per week for your first year. That's 80% off their typical offer. So this is truly a steal. Once again, that's WashingtonPost.com backslash Kara Golden to subscribe for just 50 cents per week for your first year. I not only decided if not now, when, but I'm actually very happy that it unfolded this way. It's still really hard to to be an entrepreneur and to try and make a dent in the universe and be a CEO, but at least I have a lifetime of experience. And I will say, I do think there's a lot of pressure on young people to start stuff and to be, you know, like in your twenties and your early thirties and so on and so forth. Um, if you're the next Mark Zuckerberg, you know, have at it. But my philosophy, and, and I feel good about this, is that you can learn on someone else's dime. You can learn from their experience. You can choose great leaders to observe at the departmental level, at the CEO level. You can really build yourself up. And if you choose to be an entrepreneur and or CEO later in life, that is a wonderful trajectory. I highly recommend it. So Naked Poppy, uh, as as we heard a little bit about how you decided to found the company, but can you share a little bit about what you're doing at Naked Poppy? One of the first things in doing all this market research. So if there's, I mean, there's so many lessons I learned at Amazon, but the big one is customer obsession, around customer obsession. I mean, if there's one thing that I remember Jeff Bezos for, it was 24-7 you know, we're building the most customer-centric company in the world and just, you know, having that deeply, deeply resonate. So one of the first things I learned when talking to lots and lots of customers before even incorporating Naked Poppy is that, um, number one, switching brands, going clean, quote, is overwhelming to people. Mm -hmm. You know, our target audience tended to be professional women, busy, uh, time-starved, I don't have time to figure out. I'm overwhelmed. I'll do it in six months. And then we never do it. That's number one. Number two, that the average person has seven brands in her makeup bag. There was actually a little concept to formulate our own products. And we did end up formulating some products. But I quickly realized that people want to shop for makeup across brands. And if we're going to serve the customer, um, we're going to go out and get other clean brands that share our values that we think are great products. And so that's what we did. We brought on right now, we have about 750 SKU stock keeping units um, of which eight are our own. But the key here is that we built technology to solve the problem of overwhelm. To solve that problem you experience, or at least our customers tell us they experience. I know I experience. I walk into large beauty retailer, I won't name brands, or go on websites. And I'm like, where do I begin? Mm-hmm. I'm so overwhelmed. There's so much stuff here. 95% of it will never flatter me, will never be for me. How am I going to find those diamonds, you know, those needles in a haystack that are actually going to flatter me? So we immersed ourselves in color science and skincare science. We created a beauty assessment. It takes three minutes. You submit a photo we're really good now at drawing conclusions about you, not only your skincare, but your coloring, which is really hard to do. Um, and then finding products in shades that will flatter you. So that is our core business. 
um, which is people come to Naked Poppy to buy clean beauty products. We rate and rank every product we offer just for you. Your perfect matches get sorted to the top. Your great matches come next. Your good matches come next. And the lower matches sort to the bottom. So you have what we call your personalized uh, personalized boutique. And you can make your choices from there. Much A much more orderly way to shop. Um, if uh, Returns are free and easy because we stand by our recommendations. That's incredible. And what year did you actually start? We incorporated in 2017. But we launched with, just with an idea, just with the idea. We launched Naked Poppy um, it, at the end of July 2019. <laughs> Naked Poppy is using AI. Uh, you've touched a little bit on all of the SKUs that you have and the recommendations uh, that you're making. Um, but how does AI actually do this? I think there's there's sort of this mystery around the word AI, especially to for people who are not building businesses right now. And uh, how how does that work, especially on images, right? We all have heard about chat GTP, but right? Like, I mean, what is, what is the thing that is really kind of exciting about AI and as helping you to really build out your business? Yeah. So we're a native AI company, meaning we haven't bolted on chat GPT or one of the off-the-shelf um, Long Again, this was another one. Before people were really talking about, about AI, we were just using it in service of solving a problem. And that problem was, how do I look at you, Kara, and know that you should be wearing browns and corals and, you know, warm-toned products? Um, and why? how is it that someone with your same skin tone and undertone, but maybe different hair color and eye color, should actually be wearing a different set of beauty products? Mm-hmm. So the AI is the ability to look at your photo and take in information about you, especially your coloring, and draw conclusions from it and make a prediction about which products will actually flatter you. Hmm. We score not only 30 plus attributes about you. When I say attributes, I mean physical characteristics, your coloring, but also things like, are you pregnant? Um, do you have certain skin ingredient or makeup ingredient allergies or sensitivities we need to avoid? What is your age? Because age can make a difference in beauty products, of course. Are you going gray? <laughs> if so, that changes things up. Um, we also score all the products. So, and when we look at color, I, I don't want to get too technical, except to say we use color science. We score products along three color dimensions how warm or cool it is, how light or dark it is, how muted or saturated that color is and give it a, you know, give it a score. And that, and then we, in real time, match up you with products. Mm -hmm. And the reason this is AI, I mean, it's because we can make predictions. As we bring on new color products, we can find the closest color to it (laughs) by analyzing it along those multiple dimensions and then make a very quick prediction about who it will flatter. Our database, for example, of lip colors, believe it or not, has over 2,000 lip colors in it, 2,000 shades. <laughs> Amazing. So. That's that's so wild. And you have such an incredible site. Uh, so it's one thing to enjoy beauty products. It's another thing to go and create a company around it. You had supported some amazing entrepreneurs, as we discussed. But what's been one of the most difficult 
parts of starting a company that maybe you just were not aware of, uh, that you were just like, I had no idea. I certainly ran into all kinds of things. I mean, when you're creating things from scratch, not only creating something new or a new category as we did at, at Hint, but what what would be some kind of things that if any entrepreneur or potential person thinking of going out and launching a company as you did, uh, what what do you think they need to know? Well, there's so many. Let, let me let me say two or three. The first is it's actually quite audacious to think you are going to make a dent in the universe. Mm-hmm. Basically, you come along. Why would people disrupt what they're doing now to come to your company and shop for your products? And I'm sure you saw this, right? You you know, people are buying what they're buying, and you are trying to shift enough people to shop for your stuff. So number one, (laughs) um, it's a lot more work than you think to make a dent in the universe. So you really better be ready for it. I mean, this does also come back to what I said earlier, which is after a lifetime of experience, at least I had some confidence that I knew how to build a culture and build a team. And, you know, I was ready to um, take on everything it takes. And I'll tell you, I mean, this is not... um, this is not uh, of the times, but most weeks I work seven days a week. Mm-hmm. Haven't had a real vacation in four years. I mean, it, it can really consume you. Yeah. So you had better love what you do. You had better believe in it. You had better be willing to make far more sacrifices than you ever thought would really happen to you, even though you hear about it with other people. That's number one. Number two, behavior change is, um, you know, you got to really, really be listening and willing to adapt because behavior change is, is hard to affect. Um, number three, I guess when you say what was hard for me, so I stepped into the beauty space coming from the tech world mm-hmm. and with a technical solution to beauty. And, and honestly, and sometimes naivete is good because you don't know what rules you're breaking. If I had to do one thing differently, I would have hired from beauty sooner. Team, hmm. team members from beauty. It's easy to hire the people you know from the past. So we, um, I think we would have been able to move more quickly. And I, as soon as I realized this and started hiring people from beauty, I saw it. It's like you want to have that balance if you're in a new category. Um, those were some of the, oh, and I guess the last thing I would say is, this has been true of my entire career, but certainly as an entrepreneur, everything always takes longer than you think. So true. Yeah. Even companies where you're like, oh, they found product market fit right away. Usually they're lopping off the, you know, the first few years where they wandered in the desert when they say that. It's hard to find product market fit. Yeah. And and it's rare that you find it overnight. Yeah. It's uh, you and I both came from the tech industry. I think like the tech industry is excellent training grounds, though, for Mm -hmm. uh, resilience and, um, and kind of, you know, being okay with uh, not knowing all of the answers. Uh, and that's, that is uh, different than um, dealing with big egos, I guess. It's really, mm-hmm. you know, you have to be able, the most successful entrepreneurs that I've seen in every industry uh, are willing to be humbled, right? And willing mm-hmm. to, you know, be knocked over a few times and get back up and all of those uh analogies I think are totally true, but it's, um, I just never really realized it. And part of the reason, frankly, that I wanted to start this podcast was I think there's so many stories that I've heard over the years where 
you know, there's challenges and you don't hear about the challenges, right? right? You just hear about um, the success stories or the massive failures. And but mm-hmm. there's, there are uh, huge things that people sacrifice. You use that word, which I think is, mm-hmm. is really true. And, mm-hmm. um, I, uh, I am so fond of founders, uh, whether or not they're successful or not successful, because I know, I know how hard it is. I will tell you one, this sounds very narrow, but I'm going to share it because you have, I believe you have a lot of people who are into brand and marketing mm-hmm. on, you know, as your podcast listeners, one thing that shifted right underneath my feet um, during my time at Naked Poppy, that's really been somewhere between a surprise and a disappointment is the nature of PR. I used to pride myself. Oh, I'm good at PR. <laughs> you know, I love talking to reporters. I think earned PR is the best form of marketing because it's genuine and, you know, people get, et cetera. Um, and for many years in tech, that was true. Mm-hmm. Well, the world has of media has changed so dramatically over the past, you know, five or six years, and it's no longer mainstream media, and everyone's building eyeballs. But um, even the um, traditional like publications have moved to an affiliate model now. Do you know mm-hmm. what I'm talking mm-hmm. about? Where yeah. it's pay to play. Yeah. And so the notion of earned PR is. Um, where you actually sit down with a reporter who's really evaluating it. And if they think it's what you have is interesting, they'll write about it. Um, has now be- because they're looking for new business models. I mean, their own advertising is shrinking. They have to sell stuff in commerce. You know, they started hiring commerce people to do commerce writing. It disappoints me as a consumer because I'd like to be able to believe their reviews and not always have it be someone that's paying you an affiliate fee. Um, and it's also changed the nature of organic marketing mm-hmm. in a way that for me has been hard and disappointing because I, I've i always loved um, that aspect of actually talking to the media and getting stories if we deserve them. <laughs> yeah. And I think it's, it, it, it. I totally agree. I mean, it's gone back to, uh, for, for me, I think about this earned media and it's, uh, it, I mean, podcasts, for example, I started really understanding the value of podcasts and the audiences that people are hearing, um, at, at, or the audiences that people are getting on their podcast. It's, uh, it's amazing to me because I really, as a marketer and as a brand builder, mm-hmm. hadn't really paid that much attention right. um, to podcasts. And I think it's, um, it's kind of taken the place of a lot of the traditional, PR because people are listening more and more to podcasts. And I know when I, I had a book come out about two and a half years ago, and I did over 500 podcasts uh, during that time. And, um, and you know, people were exposed to Hint. Many people mm-hmm. had not heard of the brand that I founded and was running um, at the time. And, and it was amazing how many people came back to me afterwards and said, uh, I just heard you on such and such podcast talking about the brand that you built Hint. And, and that's where I really realized the power um, of this medium. So it's... Uh, Podcasts are a great example of actually good earned conversations yeah. and media. And there's some that charge yeah. um, for yeah. for it, but um, I think that there's, the majority of them are not. 
And that's correct. Yeah. yeah. So anyway, so getting back to uh, being being an entrepreneur and being a founder, what do you think is kind of the most successful characteristic um, that an entrepreneur really needs to have? Obviously, uh, you've spent your journey, the majority of your journey in, in helping to build um, companies. I've also heard you talk about how it begins and ends with people, um, for sure. But what what would you say are kind of the characteristics that entrepreneurs really need to have? Well, I'm going to start. I mean, there's you know, there's obviously more than one, but I will tell you a story about something that happened to me. I'm eight years old. <laughs> that that really um, I've never forgotten, and and then I'll, I'll, I'll you know, which is that I I, I was raised in Iran in the Middle East, um, in a time where a lot of girls weren't destined for marriage. But my father and my parents used to always say they can take anything away from you, anything except what's in your mind. They can take your home. They can take your possessions. You know, this is the only thing that's always truly yours. And I remember at the time valuing education and thinking that was just great parental advice. Um, what I didn't expect to happen was when I was 19 and in college in the United States, Actually, we did lose everything. The Iranian Revolution came along. My parents fled, left everything behind, and had to start literally over without one penny in the bank. So, what ended up, you know, what started off as just like this idea ended up coming to pass. It was super terrifying. I'm 19 years old. I'm in college. I don't have money for tuition. I really wanted to finish. Where was it going to come from? But and, and I've never forgotten it because I did go into financial aid. I cobbled together a, you know, a scholarship and a job and, a, you know, and managed to get my degree. But it really taught me, number one, when you've, after you've lost everything, nothing in business can phase you <laughs> because I always come back to, I can use my mind to get out of this. I just stop, take a deep breath, use your mind. Your mind can get you out of anything. It's the one thing no one can take away from you. And so I would say that the first um, characteristic is um, being a constant student, mm -hmm. always learning and believing that you can use your mind to get out of anything. The second one, though, is positive energy. I really believe in this. Um, of course, you have to be good at what you do. Of course, you have to develop skills. But, uh, you know, another really quick story is after I graduated college, I got my first job at this consulting firm called Bain & Company, and I was the least qualified person there that year. They actually told me so. When they hired me, everyone else had degrees in stats and math, and I had studied political science. I remember the partner saying, I don't know, we're going to take a risk on you, but like, do not prove me wrong. I had talked my way into it somehow, probably because I was so desperate because we'd lost everything. In any case, so I get there. I have no idea what I'm doing. The others are way more qualified. You know, about a year into the job, I'm working 24-7 to try and make up for it. Um, there was this plum project, you know, that had come along and I saw my name on the desk of the guy making the decision. I'm not going to lie. I saw my name. I looked at it and I literally saw a note saying that Jale has a better attitude, but another woman who had a... Um, degree in stats from MIT, let's call her Jennifer. You know, Jennifer is more qualified. And I really thought, well, you know, they're going to give us more qualified person. Long story short, they actually gave it to me. And I did. I did bust my butt. I had a smile on my face. And that, that experience also really solidified for me that 
you can teach skills, but positive energy is what people want to be around and willingness to work hard and willingness of that, per, you know, to always go the extra mile for the company and the customer. I do think as an entrepreneur, you want to model that as well. But, you know, people are at work all day long, like you might as well be happy. Yeah. And so, you know, that's sort of the next thing I would extend it to the next thought, which is that you want to have a happy culture <laughs> and you want people to feel like they're doing their very best work. And so you true. know, you've really, you're a really good entrepreneur and a good leader when people don't even feel like when they say this doesn't even feel like a job. I wake up on Monday and I'm just as happy as when I wake up on Sunday. I mean, that's aspirational, but it's actually how I feel here. And I hope <laughs> and I hear from a lot of our team that that is the feeling. People aren't burned out because they love what they do. Um, so, you know, positive energy, of course, good vision, um, deeply caring about your people. I think the number one job of an entrepreneur, other than to set the vision and of course, to be curious and to, you know, ex you know, to be really open to change and to work your way into product market fit is to see yourself as an orchestrator of people. You mm -hmm. want to hire the best person for every role in the orchestra, but as the orchestrator, you need to make sure the whole orchestra is, is coming together and doing the best work of their career. The same person who in another environment is performing at X, you want them to feel like they're doing 10X because they love the environment they're in and because you are constantly thinking of yourself as an orchestrator of people. Like you're the head of HR. There is no head of HR but you. So <laughs> you're true. setting the culture. <laughs> so, so true. So you are a marketer uh, and a brand builder. How have you gotten the word out about Naked Poppy? Really good question because it's a very crowded marketplace. So what you wanted, at least my philosophy in general, you know, applying it more broadly is you'll always want to choose the most, the least expensive and the most built in way to your product to get the word out. So in our case, we have this beauty assessment and you take a photo and you answer some questions and then we show you your colors. Like these are your best colors for clothing, for makeup. That has been our best lead magnet because people tell each other. Mm -hmm. You always want, you know, fun things people tell each other about. It's also been great on channels like TikTok. Mm -hmm. <laughs> we actually get disproportionate virality for a company of our size on TikTok because we look at celebrities and tell them when their colors are correct or not correct. Um, and then we invite people to come to Naked Pop and do their colors. So that's number one. Um, finding something within the product to make it stand out and act as a lead magnet when at all possible. Um, number two, for us, we really emphasize email marketing because it's the least expensive thing we can possibly do. And your existing customers are always your best customers. Um, you know, and then things like this, honestly, Kara, getting oh, yeah. the word out through conversations that are truly authentic. The last thing I will say is we have worked with influencers on social media, but we don't have an agency. We don't spray. We don't say, here, take the money. And, you know, I talk to every single influencer, large or small, that we ever work with. And some of them are small because to me, it's important to have a personal relationship and know who we're working with. And their followers can tell if they really love the company, have an affinity with a brand versus they're just getting a check. So 
Very, very great advice. So best advice uh, that you've ever received? There's so much of it over a lifetime as long as mine. But if I had to say the very best one, I have to tell you where it came from. I have Mm -hmm. to tell you a quick story. Yeah, I love it. Yeah, you got two minutes? Yeah. So I have a friend who is a therapist. And he told me this story about one of his clients, of course, didn't say the name, um, that I've never forgotten. Can you imagine this, Kara? So it was a couple. Their daughter was raped and murdered. And he, so, of course, that you know, they came to him. They needed help. Um, and um, they talked about, you know, they go to the, they catch the guy. There's a trial. He's convicted. And at the end of the trial, as is common, they say, does anyone want to say anything? It's the victim's opportunity to speak. So, you know, the, one of the parents stands up and says, yes, I want you to know that you ruined our life. We wake up every day devastated when we imagine how she died. We can't even breathe but we forgive you. You know, who can forgive rape and murder? <laughs> yeah, I'm about to get to the best advice. So even the third, even my friend was like, how did you forgive? And they said, you know, there were two things. First of all, we didn't want to run around the rest of our lives with this burden of lack of forgiveness. But secondly, we really strongly believe in our faith. Forgiveness is who we are. This is who I am. So I will tell you, Kara, ever since I heard that, I turned that into something for me. Meaning, for example, um, when we're all wired to resist change, whenever I know I need to push change, I say to myself, I'm a change maker. This is who I am. Mm -hmm. And the act of saying it shifts for me. Or um, recently I got some bad news. It's actually about the funding environment. I was like, oh. I just feel like calling a bunch of other entrepreneurs and kind of like ranting and raving about how bad the fundraising environment is. And I said, no, that's not who I am. I'm the kind of CEO that can handle it by focusing on the business and not wasting one minute of company time, you know, ranting and raving to other entrepreneurs. Let me just get with the team and figure out what to do. This is who I am as a CEO. This statement of to myself, this is who I am. I mean, if those people could forgive the rapist and murder of their daughter by saying, this is who I am. I can certainly say it around business. The impact that it's had is what it really means. It starts off with, this is who I want to be. And in a split second, it becomes who I am. Because once I've told myself, this is who I am, I act on it. I got to say, it's been a pretty, pretty life-changing piece of advice. I love, love, love that advice. Now that's, that's a beautiful Note to end on. So thank you so much for joining us today. Best of luck with everything with Naked Poppy. And uh, everyone needs to go on nakedpoppy.com and check out what they're doing and also try the Naked Poppy products as well. But as you said, there is uh, there are a number of other amazing brands that you would recognize on the platform too. So it's uh, it's a lot of fun to go and spend time there and also shop from you uh, for sure. But thank you so much for doing everything that you're doing and for all of your wisdom today. Thank you. Thank you, Kara. I'm so excited to talk to you. Thanks so much for having me.
Thanks again for listening to The Kara Golden Show. If you would, please give us a review and feel free to share this podcast with others who would benefit. And of course, feel free to subscribe so you don't miss a single episode of our podcast. Just a reminder that I can be found on all platforms at Kara Golden. And if you want to hear more about my journey, I hope you will have a listen or pick up a copy of my book, Undaunted, which I share my journey including founding and building Hint. We are here every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. And thanks everyone for listening. Have a great rest of the week and 2023 and goodbye for now. Before we sign off, I wanna talk to you about fear. People like to talk about fearless leaders, but achieving big goals isn't about fearlessness. Successful leaders recognize their fears and decide to deal with them head on in order to move forward. This is where my new book, Undaunted, comes in. This book is designed for anyone who wants to succeed in the face of fear, overcome doubts, and live a little undaunted. Order your copy today at undauntedthebook.com and learn how to look your doubts and doubters in the eye and achieve your dreams. For a limited time, you'll also receive a free case of Hint Water. Do you have a question for me or want to nominate an innovator to Spotlight? Send me a tweet at Kara Golden and let me know. And if you like what you heard, please leave me a review on Apple Podcasts. You can also follow along with me on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and LinkedIn at Kara Golden. Kara Golden. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening.